Chapter 27 The fire crackled in the night, illuminating Reshma's face. Ilse glanced over a few times at her as she nibbled at their meal of bread and rabbit meat. She was worried. The forest made her antsy. She wanted to find Giselle the sorceress so they could figure out their next steps. She hoped that she would be understanding to the cause like the beasts were, but there was no telling. Reshma's expression, however, was that of a bed of dying embers, and Tyke hardly said anything so as not to say the wrong thing. Reshma, when should we head out? Ilse asked quietly. I'd like to leave soon, she murmured. I need to get this place out of my head. Is he coming? She looked at Tyke with the most neutral face imaginable. Why would he not come? Because he's one of them. I don't know why I should trust him at all. Do you trust my judgment? Look, you can understand her point, Tyke said. But you two don't have to talk about me like I'm not here. You can search me or whatever, but I'm no longer under the influence of that amulet necklace thing. What are your skills? Reshma asked, jutting out her chin. I'm an ice chanter, so I can do that. I was trained in using a greatsword, too. You got one of those? No, I just have a normal sword at the moment, as you can tell with my efforts right here in camp. Tyke didn't look the least bit bothered. In fact, the campfire betrayed a bit of amusement in his expression. Do you use the Ildrum lightning? Not anymore, came the quiet reply. I refuse. There was a moment's pause where Ilse looked at her two friends, wondering if Reshma was satisfied with her little interview. Well, seems clean to me. Oh, that's it? No quest to prove his loyalty? Ilse said, trying to make things lighthearted, but really wanting to give Reshma a piece of her mind. He's fine. He's your best friend from home. I just wanted to give you guys a hard time, Reshma shrugged. Tyke smiled and shook his head while Ilse laughed. Are you kidding me? Reshma! You two are just solemn like trees. Reshma rolled her eyes. I know I just lost my sister and I won't be over it that soon, but I can't go about letting that weigh me down. I at least believe she's in a better place. Except I will throttle the next Yildrum to cross me, so watch out, Tyke. You're either on our side or you're dead. Are all the Tigerians like you? Tyke chuckled. Don't even doubt it for a second, Reshma grinned. Reshma, don't be funny for our sake, Ilse murmured. We know she was important to you. Reshma nodded and looked down at her hands. What's that? Ilse asked. She noticed Reshma had been moving something small and thin between her fingers. She wove this on her wrist, I think, she replied, holding up a long string of woven threads and beads. She then wrapped it three times around her own wrist. We often keep things of the dead with us to remind us that they are always with us. Ilse smiled softly as she pulled a blanket up over her shoulders, lay down, and stared into their small campfire. The next morning, the area was hazy with new fog. The three continued on through the woods, and Reshma took the lead with the small compass and map in hand. After a few days of trekking, they saw what looked like the start of a new trail. They continued down the path through the forest and noticed the path creating a gradual incline. Are we going up a mountain now? Ilse asked. The map shows some kind of hills and a stretch of nothing, Reshma said, her face in the map. Ilse snapped the reins and Dash trotted a bit forward. Ilse took Dash into a light gallop and ascended the hill. Soon the trees parted and the path widened and deepened to show extensive use. Come see, Ilse cried, pulling Dash to a stop. As Dash paced a bit, Reshma and Tyke caught up and took in the sight. 
Below they saw a flat stretch of land, the earth a deep, rich, reddish color. They saw a few homes and shops lining small roads that crawled and squirmed their way up a large, dark mountain. Its peaks were shrouded in thick clouds. Nice view, Tyke murmured to Ilse. Reshma and Tyke continued down the trail, making a gradual descent that veered to their right. The path hugged against the hill and gradually curved down towards the town. They finally made it to a small, neatly written sign that read, Charcoal Ridge. I say we should stay here for a while, Reshma said. We're out of the forest, at least. We better get somewhere warm or I might set myself on fire. Yes, let's find a place to stay, Tyke said. Wouldn't want a spectacle. So is this a good place to stay because it's close to where Giselle might be? Ilse asked. She felt impatient about their delay, but it was true. They had managed to worm their way out of Beast Forest, and it would do her some good to let her mind rest from the maddening and limitless trees. She'd never been more relieved to be around other people. I don't know her location any more than you two, but if you look here, it's a good starting point, Reshma said, gesturing to the map. We are fairly east of where we started in yelling. We are completely east from that forest, too. Sure, we could all use some rest, Ilse sighed. It's like I can taste the air, Reshma said. It's so damp and humid. She had already taken off her shoes to feel the red clay dirt under her feet. Does it feel good to have red feet again? Ilse asked, grinning. Tyke looked down and noticed the rim of his shoes were already red. They started to walk in the village streets. The closer they came to town, the more the buzz of people grew. From Ilse's view, she felt like she was in a red sea, because just about everyone except Reshma, Ilse, and Tyke had different shades of red hair. The people walked around on the dark, reddish dirt roads and also walked barefoot, many with the red stuff up to their knees. Do you see an inn or something from way up there? Reshma said. Ilse looked around to see a building that might have looked bigger than the others. Up ahead, she saw lots of two-story, light wood structures all building alongside each other, but nothing stood out. I just see buildings, Ilse shrugged. I need a bed, Reshma moaned. She looked down as a few kids, practically covered in red dust, giggled and squeezed between Reshma and Dash. Whoa, hey there, she said to the kids as well as Dash, who seemed very agitated by all the people pressing at every side. Reshma looked up just as she accidentally bumped into a young man. Oh, I'm sorry, Reshma said, trying to look anywhere other than his ears. They stuck out like thick, squatty elf ears. He smiled, tilted his head, and said something back as the crowd pushed him in one direction and them in another. It was like staying afloat in a river. We need a place to stay, Ilse said. Can you help us? Oh, the young man smiled, showing gleaming white teeth. You are tired. Sleep? Ilse nodded vigorously as the young man fought against the crowd and put his hand out towards Tyke. I'm called Berg, he said. Tyke took his hand and replied by saying his own name. Berg continued, My father owns beds. He can help all of you. What are the chances? Reshma shrugged and smirked. Berg took the reins from Ilse's hands with care and gentleness as he led them slightly to the right, which proved slightly less painful than walking directly against the current of the people. Why are so many people on the roads? Tyke asked over the din. Time to go home, Berg said. Workers come from the mountains. Time to go home to wife and kitties. Ilse smiled at Berg's accent. She could tell that their language wasn't his first, but he did fairly well switching over. He took them to a quaint building that sat at the corner of a four-way street, with the east street taking a sudden incline towards a trail that snaked up to a small mountain range. 
It was decorated beautifully with spirals and mixtures of red, brown, and orange colors. Instead of being tall, it was wide. There were kids playing with a farm dog in the first patch of grass Ilse had seen since they got into town. It had a family touch to it that made it feel inviting. They had to hike up a slope to go around the building to access what looked like a modest stable. The horse will love this place. Dry and warm, Berg said. May I take the horse? Oh, yes, Ilse said, flustered. He looked up at her with bright blue eyes. It wasn't until she got off the horse that she realized he was only dressed in trousers that went to his knees, a thin shirt without sleeves, and a scarf tied around his neck. When Ilse took what they needed, he made a big gesture to the front two doors and said, Father is inside. He will help you find a room to sleep. I take care of horse. He bowed slightly and led Dash to the stalls. The three bowed back and thanked him. I swear, everything here is red, Rashma said. Their skin can't be red like their hair. It's the dust, Tyke grinned. There was a mat by the door and Reshma tried to wipe her feet as Ilse and Tyke tried to kick away loose dust from their boots. It seemed like it wouldn't matter much since a light red dust coated the floorboards inside. When they first stepped through the doors, they were greeted with a deep, rich scent of that evening's supper. Ilse's stomach growled. It was meats and lots of spices. The main room had wooden tables scattered about, and the people occupying them were loud and talking happily with each other. Lights and open windows brightened the decorated walls. A girl collecting empty mugs made her way to a pleasantly plump woman standing around and chatting with a few women at a table. With a few exchanged words, the same round woman came to greet them. "'Welcome, strangers,' she said merrily. She held both of Ilse's hands in her own and glanced at Tyke, then back to Ilse. So very nice to see you. You need a bed? Three, three beds, Ilse answered, her cheeks burning. The woman laughed merrily and grabbed a large ring of keys. Three beds, she says. Three beds I have. Reshma laughed at this as they all followed the woman up a flight of wooden stairs. All the while, the woman chatted lightly to them about the rooms and the food, but Ilse only paid attention to the part about food. She also appreciated that the woman didn't ask them very many questions. They were led to two neighboring rooms. When the woman finally left them, Ilse dropped her belongings as she collapsed on a simple bed. It sat next to a large window, which revealed the outside streets and the people walking about. A simple closet sat across from the bed next to a small bathroom. With another knock, Berg arrived with some bundles under an arm. We have some clothes for you, he smiled, holding it out. This is very thoughtful of you, Ilse said. We must smell awful. She smiled so he knew she was teasing. He kept his smile and shook his head. Mother insists she wants you to be happy here. These look really nice, Reshma murmured, fingering the material. Maybe they want to run up the tab, Ilse thought as Berg turned to leave. Mother told you about dinner, yes? How could we forget, Reshma said. The family would be honored to have you eat at our table, he said before actually leaving. Ilse and Reshma looked at each other, then back at the clothes. They heard a knock and murmuring next door, and Ilse figured Tyke was hearing the same information. Time to blend in, Reshma said, taking some of the top pieces and held them up. Tell me, why does everyone wear dresses out here? Foreigners, Ilse winked as she peeled away her clothes and weapons. Just before supper, she hid her weapons wherever possible. She was on her hands and knees, hiding her bow and arrow last just behind her bed. She stood up and brushed at her skirts. She wore a thin brown shirt with long sleeves and a sash around her waist. 
She had the shirt tucked under a skirt that had other multicolored material layers underneath, and the top layer was scrunched at the sides. She wore slippers, which was a relief after she slipped off her worn and mud-caked boots. Best of all, she wore a long piece of cloth that wrapped around her head like the innkeeper's wife. The cloth concealed most of her blonde hair. Reshma had a red dress fashioned like Ilse's and let her short hair hang free as usual. Hungry? Yes, Ilse answered excitedly. They headed out their room and down the stairs. Ilse didn't even think of Tyke while they were cleaning themselves and resting until she saw him already surrounded by a family of redheads, smiling sheepishly as they approached the table. Tyke smiled as Ilse glanced his way. He looked practically part of the family. It looked like he was wearing something that once belonged to Berg or one of his brothers. Brown leather breeches and a light olive green shirt. It was open to show his collarbones and a scar snaking over them. He looked much different than the inventor or the ex-Yildirim. Mama! Berg cried. All here! The summoning worked and she brought out large platters on her hefty right shoulder and her left arm, followed by a boy and girl carrying platters with mugs of various shapes and sizes. Once the boisterous family made room for Ilse and Reshma next to Tyke, the three handed out the food and mugs and hands took what they could greedily. If Ilse didn't grab for something, she was handed things. A mug filled with warm cider, meat still on the bone, and a bowl of something piping hot. She then heard a screech, and she saw something coming at her. She involuntarily put a hand on a knife on the table, thinking it was an arrow. She was greatly mistaken. Ilse thought her eyes were failing her. Two creatures just flew overhead. Dragons? She thought. A slim, gold-colored dragon landed gracefully on Berg's shoulder. Berg nonchalantly held up a smaller chunk of meat clinging to a bone, and the creature ate quickly and greedily. Ilse tried to get up, but she was squished so tightly between Reshma and Tyke that it was nearly impossible. Is that a dragon? Ilse asked, horrified. Those who noticed her panic laughed, which sent the golden creature shrieking and flying away, only to be replaced by the other sleek-scaled creature, this one dark gray. Just as common as birds of prey, the innkeeper's wife said, waving her hand. Berg here feeds them well enough that they have no reason or desire to leave. Three pairs of eyes trained on Berg as he shrugged. Make for great lifelong companions if you're into that sort of thing. You ought to show them the rest of your brood, one of the girls said, raising a big spoon of soup to her lips. She laughed as the hot mess dribbled down her chin. Reshma brightened at the idea and Tyke grabbed a hard-crusted roll and chomped with enthusiasm. Ilse smiled as she ate her weight in bread and meats. It had been a while since they had a decent meal and a roof over their heads. After this meal, she could finally sleep without worrying.